0: This, this,
1: this is is is. Fight disciples.
0: We are gathered here today
1: for the fight disciples. UFC and boxing talk.
0: How you doing? Hope you well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Following on from UFC Stockholm, we are
1: talking about proposals in the octagon. He proposed about two minutes ago. Now she still hasn't even looked at the ring. I was like Jane. She's having this wonderfully romantic moment in the middle of a arena in front of the you know a, a countrymen and women. This is her moment. Mm. Mm, mm. Oh, so now she looks at it. It took <laughs> her five minutes to look at that ring. I was like, okay. So that tells me a lot about when we got engaged. Yeah, exactly. It's a good exactly. job that you
0: splashed out on the rocks. And otherwise, you'd have been yeah, down exactly. the road. No but chance. No chance. Yeah, yeah. Quick look at it. No, that We're won't do. Looking ahead to UFC 212, I wind Nick up by questioning the legitimacy of the featherweight title.
1: It's a fair old time. It's a good 18 months or so that he hasn't fought, he hasn't even fought a featherweight. Never mind, and he's showing no signs of ever coming back to featherweight. So I'm going to knock that down, man. This is legit. This is who who is the best featherweight on the planet. We're going to find out on Saturday night because Conor McGregor is no longer a featherweight,
0: and even though. I absolutely love Johanna Jedrajek. There's another strawweight that's just catching my eye and she's fighting this weekend in Brazil. I've read a lot. She's got this, like, Latino, badass... I don't know whether she wants to fight me or fuck me type thing, you know what I mean? She's got some serious badass shit going down there.
1: This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store.
0: Welcome to episode 106 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This is our UFC episode as we build up towards UFC 212 this weekend. If you've only just stumbled across us, you know what I'm going to say. Go to our website, fightdisciples.com. There's loads of stuff on there, including... Lovely words that our uh, editor in chief, Nicholas Pete, writes because he's good with words um, written down. I'm good with words uh, through my mouth. I can't really write. Uh, so he, does, he takes care of that. <laughs> go to our website, <laughs> fightdisciples.com. And there's also videos I on there. That was going then. Well, there's videos on there and there's all sorts on there. If you like watching Michael Bispin talk about his dodgy American accent, you're more than welcome to go and have a look at our website, fightdisciples.com. It is all there for you. We're also on social media at Fight Disciples, uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're part of the uh, daily conversation. Um, Before we get stuck into USC 212, my friend, Mm -hmm. um, I've got um, a little bit of a a felony to uh, report on the show. Um, after we recorded our boxing show yesterday, it was yeah. my, it was my turn to do the big shop at Catterall Towers. So uh, I took my little boy to Tesco's to go and get all the food in, yeah, because he likes to uh, pick his own treats. He doesn't trust his dad anymore to bring back Milky Stars or Harry Buzz or whatever it is that he wants on his list this week. Because normally I go for the cheapest option because I'm tight, you know what I mean. <laughs> so he likes to pick his best one. However, he's got he's got this thing at this moment in time where he doesn't like to sit in the trolley anymore. He likes to walk around and he likes to touch and feel stuff that's in the store, which can be a little bit of a nightmare because um, he, he pulls shelves down, for example, yep. and stuff yep. ends up in my trolley that I don't I don't anticipate that should be there. Yep. Anyway. This goes on for the, through the whole of the shopping journey. We're there for about an hour, going through all the food, getting all the food sorted and stuff like that, and I keep telling him, no, put that back, no, put that back. You know what, you know, just don't
1: need them. You no, don't need them. we don't. Well, do you've, them. you've put 17 bananas in already. Absolutely. You don't need any more.
0: Absolutely, yeah. all that, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I get back to the car, right? So I've loaded the bags up. I get back to the car. Um
1: <laughs> don't tell me he's filled his pockets.
0: I, I, I put all the bags in the boot. <laughs> And I put him in his car seat and I can't get him in the car seat because something is obstructing his his straps to be fastened. It's like he's got something underneath his top, (laughs) right? I lift his shirt up. He has got a pack of women's knickers underneath his shirt. (laughs) 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 Of all all the things to shoplift... He nicked a three-pack of women's knickers. Do you know what his mum's response
1: was? What size are they?
0: What size are they? Right. <laughs> I told her the size, and she went, "They're not my size." Take them back. <laughs> she was willing for us to walk out, so I ended up taking. I said, "Listen, lads, my little lads, um, nick these," and he goes, oh, aye, "Size aye, sixteen, aye, knickers aye, up his shirt."
1: Aye, yeah. aye.
0: All right, son. Yeah, of course he has done. Yeah, you, we, we know you're into a bit of cross dressing or whatever. It meant. No, not seriously. <laughs> he's, 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 I've been, I've been a go with him all the way through this, and he's, he's managed to get away with this. How's the buzzers not gone off at the supermarket? I don't know. Anyway, That's
1: three, hilarious.
0: three pack of women's knickers up his top, mate. Little uh, little Scarlet Pimpernel.
1: That's hilarious. Well, you know, your family has got form, don't forget.
0: Well, do you know something, right? Was it
1: you or your wife that stole my birthday present?
0: Um, I'm, I'm not getting involved with this. I'm not getting involved. That was your wife, wasn't it? It was your me. Wife's... No, it was, was me. It, what was it, was yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I didn't steal it. I paid for it and didn't take the tag off it. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure, but check yeah. this out. This is what my wife said, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, it's a good job that worked, Nick, you know. He'd have took that. And I said, you what? <laughs> I said, I said, you it's Outrageous. This is it. This is this is this is racist, what she's about to say. She goes, Scouser, are in it.
1: Unbelievable. She's <laughs> not, unbelievable. She's Mrs. Castle.
0: She's not gonna be allowed around your house anymore, is she?
1: Definitely not, no. Tell Unless you. she robs me another bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there you go. I've got a thief in the house, mate. Three years of age, the, the midget, the midget moler going round Tesco robbing women's knickers.
1: Brilliant. Unreal. Love it.
0: Um, speaking of the maulers, see how I've done that there—the midget Perfect. mauler into the Swedish mauler at the weekend, my friend. The boy uh, that you name your lad after was on top form. First of all, before we get to the finish,
1: what a fight! What a really Brilliant. good fight! Brilliant. I said on social media, I'm like this: this is why Alexander Gustafsson is my favorite fighter right now because he's never in all these all these big fights that he gets. They're never dull. His fight with John Jones. Probably the best light every fight in history. This fight with uh, Daniel Cormier, absolutely brilliant title fight, swung one way, then the other. Could have won it. this fight with Tashira, absolutely brilliant as well. I, uh, You know, he's just, he's, n- he's never in a bad fight. And that's why I think now he's got to get the winner of DC Jones later in the year. He's got to be the number one contender.
0: The finish, come on, let's get in there,
1: man. Sweet. As finishes go. Three uppercuts. Oh, man. It was like, a, it reminded me of playing. Uh, Street Fighter as a kid. it did. You know, when you pull a move off and it lands and you go, what, and again, what, and again, and you just do the same thing three times and knock it. Back, back, up, up, down,
0: down, down, yellow, yellow, (laughs) yellow, bang, bang, bang. That's exactly what it was like, yeah. And he's just, and and Glover's head just kept rocking back, didn't it?
1: (laughs) What was it on Street Fighter? Was it destroyed or fatality <laughs> that's what it was like fatality hell of a, finish, though, hell of a finish what a way to finish Glover's tough man he took he took a hell of a beating for five good rounds there Glover to Shearer to be well four rounds in a minute he took a hell of a beating didn't he what a tough guy he is like unreal mm. his his chin but you know it was like I said on last week's show though just watching the fight it felt like generations you know and listen I know a lot of purists will be like oh Gustafsson kept running away from the pockets yeah well
0: well, yeah, you because of course he did, because has got a massive right hand. Why is he exactly. going to stay there? Why,
1: you know, why would just why would just stay in there? You know, why would you? That's that's kind of like the beauty of an octagon compared to a boxing ring. Mm. Fight any opponent that Mike Tyson milled through in his heyday. They have said, I just couldn't get out the way. He would cornered me in the ropes, and once I was cornered, I was screwed. I couldn't move. The beauty of an octagon is you can move. There is isn't yeah. out. There's yeah, a way yeah. to get away. You, you you don't get stuck in a corner. And that was obviously Tashira's trying to get. Gustafsson stuck up against the fence so he can let his big knockout punches go Gustafsson just kept ducking away little jog away back into the centre of the octagon come on then and then using his length again I thought it was a very intelligent performance a patient performance as Mm. well and when it finally came, the finish was ruthless. Mm. Well, we said last week.
0: We said last week, didn't we? That he would know exactly what Glover Teixeira is going to do. Don't get me wrong, Glover Teixeira is uh, sensational at BJJ, but he very rarely uses it. Very rarely Doesn't uses use his wrestling. Yeah. He's looking for the big right hand constantly. So if someone's constantly doing that, you know exactly what's coming. So you stay out the way of it.
1: Exactly, like we said last week, he's he's a typical sprawler, brawler, glover, to Shearer. um and and that's all he wants to do. You know, he, he just wants to keep the fight standing, and he wants to land heavy leather on your chin. All, you, all you've got to do, if you're someone like Gustafsson or John Jones or or anyone with size, is just keep him at range, keep him at the end of your jab, keep him at the end of your kicks, hmm. soften him up, and then eventually go for the finish. and... You know, it was it was Tashida was just wide open for them uppercuts. Wasn't he? because he was spilling forwards, looking to land a big shot over the top. He left his chin unprotected, and goodness, Tashira, Gustafsson just picked it beautifully, didn't he? He must have hit him with twenty uppercuts throughout that fight, but the three consecutive ones that finished it, unbelievable. Come on,
0: come on, come on, come on. So to me, the the finish is brilliant, right? The the dust is settling. He's just been uh, crowned the champion uh, of winning that and we know what's coming next. Probably a title shot at the winner of DC versus John Jones. Then he gets a bit giddy, doesn't he? He thinks he's bloody Rocky Balboa giving it the Adrian moment, doesn't he? What well, is he wa- playing at there, lad?
1: I know, exactly. Well, I was watching it with Jane. The kids had gone to bed, and we were watching it together because she's obviously, you know, our, our son's Alexander, so she's obviously a fan of Alexander Gustafsson. Jane's two favourite fighters, Alexander Gustafsson, and it used to be Rory MacDonald, but she doesn't like him anymore because he's no longer in the UFC. She's so <laughs> brand loyal. It's <laughs> yes, unbelievable. It's good girl. Unbelievable. But Gustafsson is her favourite fighter, so she's like, oh, Alex is on. Okay, we'll watch this. You know, and we're in the middle of the Dr. Fox Foster box set at the moment which is very important to her but she was willing to put that on hold Can I just say that's while amazing we Can I just say Dr. Brilliant a- show
0: Yeah he's a great show Yeah,
1: Brilliant show So <laughs> that was put on hold because Gustafson was fighting nobody else would have got that kind of treatment from Jane except Alexander So obviously after the fight and he's calling his girlfriend in I could see a million miles away because his, his, his manager Manos is standing with his girlfriend pushing her towards the ring before he even invited her in and I, straight away I was like oh, I can see what's happening yeah, they just had a baby. How yeah. romantic! Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you know. very Rocky Balboa. Exactly. Yeah, and and Jane's just sitting there, glo- like no expression on her face. So I'm thinking, oh, your fella getting engaged? Is he? Eh? A little bit jealous, yeah. And then he gets in the ring. Obviously, they propose and everything. And and then they start posing for pictures. And Jane's going, she hasn't even looked at the ring. <laughs> I said, what? She, went, she hasn't. What? She still hasn't even looked at that ring. I said, Jane. She said, "Yeah, like it doesn't does it Does it matter? Yes, it does matter. Yes, it does. She still hasn't looked at it. He proposed about two minutes ago. Now she still hasn't even looked at the ring. I was like, Jane, she's having this wonderfully romantic moment in the middle of a arena in front of the you know a, a, a countrymen and women. This is her moment." Mm. 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 Oh, so now she looks at it. It took <laughs> her five minutes to look at that ring. I was like, okay, so that tells me a lot about when we got engaged. Yeah, one. exactly. It's a good exactly. job that you
0: splashed out on the rocks, son. Otherwise, you'd have been down exactly. the road. No but chance. No chance. Yeah, yeah. Quick look at it.
1: No, that We're, won't do.
0: We've been dating ten years, but you've not you've not even bothered to get me some decent ice. Go on, sling you exactly. up. Exactly. You're out.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but yet it was, uh, you know, it was a nice moment for him. But it's it's one of them, and it was, it was I was quite. Imp- it was quite unusual to go on social media mm. and see how many fighters were like, oh, what a, what a beautiful moment. I'm yeah, like, man. What, what, how can you say, what a beautiful moment at someone getting engaged? You're 12-0 and 0 with nine knockouts. Yeah. What the fuck? Why are you using he's that ju- beautiful he's, moment he's just in your delivering
0: Three uppercuts and then this unbelievable right cross to knock a guy spark out, right? And now exactly, he's proposing yeah. to his woman. It's like something from Gypsy Wedding. That's what it was yeah. like, man. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly what it's like.
1: Yeah exactly on the car park that
0: back at Tesco
1: is Glover Tashira going to be the best man because you know (laughs) he he set the stage for this to happen now I don't know it's kind of bonkers but uh, yeah it was uh, it was an amazing finish and uh, it capped what I thought was a a decent fight card there was some great knockouts on there the chief support where did that come from Mm, mm. that oozed me versus Serkanov. hello
0: Well, talk to me about your mate Volkan, because you brought him up last week. He's the geezer that did OSP. He took, you love that when people beat somebody who's got a decent ranking and they just automatically take someone's ranking off them. I love it. So he goes into number five. The the, the talk before this was how can someone with a one and all record in the UFC be ranked number five light heavyweight in the world? It's because he beat the guy that was up there. I think he was ranked number six or something like that, OSP, and he, he ended up Beating him.
1: Jumping above him, yeah. Now because he's got Rumble, Rumble came out, you see, so he went above course, OSP, yeah. then Rumble came out. Yeah. So.
0: so then yeah. he gets his he gets his shot in Stockholm, blooming egg. And everybody's thinking, all right, maybe the first one was a fluke. No, first one wasn't a fluke. He's put manners yeah. on this kid as well. And exactly. now they're talking about him fighting Jimmy at UFC two one four.
1: I know, insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. It reiterates the fact that, as I say, Gustafsson, for all the good work that Jimmy's done, and for all the efforts he's putting in calling out Cormier, I think he called Cormier a fat bitch the other day, and I'll (laughs) put manners on you as soon as I see you. Jimmy, man, keep it going. That's what you need to do. You need to talk yourself into a fight. I get it, because I'm telling you now, both Cormier and Jones would rather face you than Gustafsson, because they both had the toughest fight of their lives against Gustafsson. So keep talking, because you never know. Mm. But Uzadmir... As I explained last week, guy come from nowhere, fights OSP, beats OSP, jumps in the rankings. I'm all for that. I think if you beat someone, if you beat the world champion, you become the world champion, you become the number one. Mm. So if you beat a guy that's ranked number five, regardless of where you are, you should become number five. I, yeah. I get that. I buy into it. I'm not a huge fan of the official UFC rankings because they're put together by a load of dicks. No one really with well, any credibility in the are. sport. There's no real credible MMA journalists that vote on that. It's quite disappointing. If I, if I was the UFC... I'd, I'd do that internally and do it differently, but anyway, regardless. Uzadmir, um, he deserves his ranking. Serkinov come in, and I'm telling you now, Serk- Misha Serkinov is a killer, submission machine, and going into this fight... His record was
0: uh, 4-0, wasn't it, going into this? Unreal, exactly.
1: 4 yeah, 4-0 in the UFC. And when we recorded the breakdown show last week, obviously, as we know, Dan Hardy knows everything about this game, incredible analyst. He's saying to me, he's like, listen, Uzadmir would be an amazing middleweight. Look at him, look at him physically. His body is massively inflated with muscle. He's got a tiny head. He could definitely get down to middleweight and he would really do something at middleweight. You know, and we were like, yeah, he'd probably get found out about the sake of, you know, this guy's legit, you know, he's not going to stand there and let him catch him on the chin." But, don't get away from the fact that Volkan Yusedmir even though he's only had 1 fight in the UFC, spent his entire life as a sparring partner in Holland for Alistair Overeem, yeah. Jordan Alistair Overeem's, you know, peak years, and then the last few years he's been with Henry Hoof training in Florida as a main sparring partner for Rumble Johnson. So this guy can take a shot we know he can take a shot. And to be able to hang with both of them means that he can probably deliver a shot as well. For him to st- continue to be a sparring partner for those type of guys means he can bang himself, as of found out at the weekend. 28 seconds, he wipes them out. Wipes off out. Crazy. And now, completely and utterly justifies his top five ranking.
0: Can you imagine him and Jimmy, Jimmy going fight? to toe, man?
1: Oh my, the, that Jimmy fight would be crazy. Absolutely crazy. To be honest, I, a bit gutted point, when he... When he I seen that. They'd mentioned it with the pay-per-view and I was like, "Ah, oh, I would love that to have come to Glasgow. I would love that yeah. to have gone at the top of the bill in Glasgow. Listen, I know, I know obviously they've already confirmed um the Iceman, haven't they, Gunny Nelson yeah, yeah. as the headliner in Glasgow. But I'm telling if if they'd have said, listen, who's me, you've only been you've only done 28 seconds, kids. You're fresh as a daisy. Jimmy needs a big win again to re, you know, so he to give him the opportunity to to call for the winner of Jones Cromier. Let's bang this on in Glasgow. That would have been Awesome. Absolutely awesome.
0: Mm. <sighs> might might not, with, with with their punch power, might not even last 28 seconds, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. That's, that is a crazy, another one of those who ever lands first. Got a little treat
0: for you in a minute, by the way. Um, yeah. And it's all coming back to what you were talking about last week regarding your mate Darren Till. Um, because he put on a little bit of a clinic in uh, Sweden. Great to see him doing his thing again. Get, let's, yeah. get, let's get your thoughts on that, first of all, man, because, like you say, he's been out for a period of time. He's been. It's all because of the, when you were telling us last week about his pop shoulder. He's yeah. come back. Oh, man, he was just fantastic to watch. I'm glad, you know, that it went the distance because I didn't want it to end. It was really no, good to watch.
1: Exactly, yeah. And I think, it. it you know, obviously, Darren's a, a finisher. You look at his record. He's got an incredible finishing record. Um, but... After you've been out for best part of two years, you need rounds. You need to stay in there. You need to you need to know that shoulders one hundred percent, and to come through and win every round the way he did. In my opinion, you know, I thought he looked great. Um, but again, he's just someone that just needs to be kept busy now, and that's the problem with the UFC at the moment. The roster is still massive. I know they had the big call, but it's still a huge roster. It's, it's difficult to get to stay in any kind of rhythm, and get good fights. You know, so. If he can get another two fights this year, it'd be amazing. But more than likely, he's probably just going to get one more, which is a shame. You know, he's got a little bit of his career to catch up on. But he's a star, man. I'm telling you, I was saying that last week, the guy's a fight finisher. He's entertaining. Like you
0: say, he is a finisher. And he is top class, right? But check this out, right? So this, for those that don't know, this is what he sounds like in his normal Scouse accent. This is what Nick was talking about last week.
1: Sean Shelby, get me a fight tomorrow night because I will fight. I am back. And I swear to God, I will win that belt. Yeah.
0: So that's him speaking in his normal accent. However, because obviously his uh, his daughter was... Uh, well, she was supposed to be in bed at the time of this particular fight... In the post-fight interview, he's talking normally to an English-speaking um, crowd, but then he obviously wants to uh, speak to uh, the South American crowd, and this is what he sounds like when he's doing his Portuguese. I Também. just want
1: to say something back home for where my daughter is. She should be in bed by now in Brazil.
0: I'm coming back to Brazil for my
1: house. I love you guys. And one more thing, there's a lot of people who didn't believe in my return, but now I'm here. Shupa. Brilliant. It's class, isn't <laughs> it? Scouts Portuguese, Scouts Portuguese, superstar mate. man. I'm telling you, mate, doing it on two continents.
0: What an absolute geezer he is, eh? What an absolute geezer. Love it. Anyway, that's down until. Hopefully, they can get him. In the UK, I would love to see him fighting in the UK at a card really, really soon. Uh, and as you say, he wants the title shot. And if he keeps knocking people out the way that he's knocking people out and at the weekend, obviously getting... I mean, he got a decision at the weekend, but the kid that he was fighting against were on the deck. He must have been on the deck about three or four times because Darren just kept putting him over. It was fantastic to watch. Anyway, yeah. um, before we move on to UFC 212, um, have you seen the rumour that Big of uh, Big is next fight?
1: No, no, hit me, hit me. JDS... Nice. Okay. Okay. I'm into it. So that I've can only, only mean that, one yeah. thing then.
0: I've only seen this this morning. Big Frank, uh, JDS, August 19th is when they are talking about it.
1: Class. That's a perfect fight for him. As I said, I, I think it would have been too soon to put him in straight away for the title shot. I don't think he would have. It would have been a true reflection of what Stepe Miocic needs to do to make history you know, we were talking about this after Maiochic's second victory. He's, he, he needs now to make a third defence of the UFC heavyweight title to become the first champion in UFC history to defend that belt three consecutive times and to do so against Francis Ngannou or possibly Derek Lewis, who are now is fighting uh, Mark Hunt in the yeah. next couple of weeks. To do it against one of those guys who's, who's untested against the top three or four would have kind of been unfair on history. So that means one thing for me. That means one thing. It means Cain Velasquez is coming back and we're going to get that fight, which is Stipe versus Cain, which on paper, if both of them are fit, is the best fight in the heavyweight division. That's so exciting.
0: Look at you, eh? Look at you getting old, giddy my friend. Um, just to bring you down a peg or two, got to talk GSP, mate. A little bit of news knocking about regarding GSP. No, it's
1: about as, as I not, not fully healed? <laughs> what the fuck, man?
0: We've got to give GSP updates because it's connected to Bispin, right? And our UK audience like to keep up to date with what Bispin's doing. So GSP, the reason why there's a delay for his comeback is because of this eye injury. Um, It hasn't fully healed. He keeps mentioning Bispin's name. He wants Bispin. However, he has come out over the last 24, 48 hours and said that if he loses his comeback fight, whoever it's against, whether it's Bispin or whoever, then it will be retirement. There you go. There you go. That's yeah. the news regarding GSP. Just a little update, all right. Also, have you seen uh,
1: Cody? The coming Co- back. The incoming back.
0: All right, I know you don't think he's coming back. Uh, Cody Norlove. that we absolutely uh, love on this show. Obviously, he's out of his 2-1-3 fight against TJ because of his back injury, but he wants TJ. He wants TJ. TJ wants Mighty Mouse. Now, Cody's chucked his hat in the ring. He's thinking, well, fuck it. If you're going down, I'm going down. I want Mighty Mouse as well. That's what it is. Cody's put his hat in the ring. He wants a piece of the pie. He wants TJ, then he wants Mighty Mouse. He wants to become the champ champ. He wants a two-weight uh, world title uh, mantelpiece. That's what he wants. Does Cody Garbrandt? I love Cody. He just gets amongst it, doesn't he? He just chucks shit everywhere. He goes, "Come on, I'll fight whoever you want. Let's get it on." But
1: he's, he said that before as well. He you know after he beat Dominic Cruz, he was like, "I'll go down. I'll fight. I'll fight Mighty Mouse." And uh, you know, so I I would love to see that happen. I would love to see you know he's out at the moment. He's injured. So again, as we were talking about last week, TJ Dillashaw versus DJ uh Mighty Mouse, that's gotta be the fight. That's gotta be the one they make right now. Uh we know Mighty Mouse is running scared, but hopefully he'll grow a set and hopefully that fight will happen. And then if TJ and then when, when Cody comes back, he fights the winner to un to, to in a double title fight or whatever. It doesn't really matter. The three of those are they three amazing fights. It's funny how these three seem to have like taken over this whole division now and Dominic Cruz seems a million miles away from mm. what's going on. Uh, I don't obviously we haven't heard from Dominic Cruz, so we don't know quite where he's at in terms of his own career anyway, maybe he's gone, you know what, to come back after those injuries, it was phenomenal, i regained the title, I did more than what everyone said I would ever do, yes I lost to Garbrandt, but every dog has his day, maybe my day's up, and I'll just, uh, you know, ride off into the sunset as the best analyst in the world working for Fox TV, I hope he does do that, but I'm also a Dominic Cruz fan, I hope he comes back and joins this little roundtable mix as well, but... DJ's finally got opponents that he should be crowing about, and instead he's complaining about not, not earning enough money. It uh, says it all as far as I'm concerned. Says it all. What about uh, Roy Nelson? Bellator? Bellator?
0: Yeah. Big countries off to Bellator, mate. Yeah, I'm not surprised, though. Are you surprised, really? Yeah. Because they're signing every man and his dog at this moment in time for these uh, yeah. these,
1: these past legends. I get it, because it's, uh, you know, let's be honest. It, it, it's like the Ryan Bader thing that light like, heavyweight and, and, and Phil Davis, you know they found they've been found wanting in the UFC at the highest level. They were never going to win the UFC title. They were they were always a level below the guys at the top of those weight classes. And Roy Nelson is exactly the same in the heavyweight division. He's never going to beat anyone in the top 5. He's going to struggle to beat anyone in the top 10 these days. So it makes perfect sense for him to join Bellator to win probably more money because he'll have sponsorship agreements and he'll probably get a decent you know, uh, a decent fight rate, anyway, uh, similar to Chael Sonnen and you know all those guys. It, 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 I was not surprised whatsoever to see that he'd made that decision to switch over to Bellator, and to be honest, he probably, he probably, he's probably gone with the UFC's blessing as well, mm. because you know he's lost a couple of fights now. He's certainly not the imposing figure he once was. He's, you know, he has been stopped, uh, obviously for a long time. It was it, the fact that he was unstoppable. That made him such a, a freak athlete and such a fan favourite. But he has been stopped Did now. you
0: just call Roy Nelson an athlete? Have you seen him? Yes, yeah, true, yeah. Mate. <laughs> yeah. The only Who's working out him? he's doing Incredibly is in Mackey Bees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, if you're going to call darts players athletes or cricketers athletes, then you've got to call Roy Nelson an athlete. <laughs> and yes, I did say cricketers. I fucking hate cricketers because it's not even a sport. It's oh, a sport. mate, you're going to upset our
0: up. audience now. There'll be guys that play cricket that listen to this show. What are you doing?
1: Play cricket and stop for fucking sandwiches and a cup of tea. It's not a sport. <laughs> You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Her name is Rio and she
0: dances on the sand. You've got to have a little bit of Duran Duran on the show when they're off to Rio. See what? I'm getting rhymes in there now. This is obviously reading far too many bedtime stories to my kids that have got rhyming words in there. Rio de Janeiro is the destination this weekend for UFC 212. It is packed with Brazilians, packed with Brazilians, my friend, right at the top of the bill. Many would say maybe the best Brazilian of them all. Not Anderson yeah. Silva, because he's, uh, he's kind of on the window a little bit. But a geezer that's only lost one fight in 20, in uh, Jose Aldo. And we know which fight that was, and we're going to remind him about it through the next 30 minutes of this podcast, because it only <laughs> lasted 13 seconds, didn't it, Aldo? Yes, it did, my friend. And he's taking on um, Max Holloway. He's been calling for this fight for a period of time. Now, Max, let's, let's be straight about Max. When he burst onto the scene in the UFC... A little bit unsure about him. I think he was three for three. And I was like, "Mm, what's he all about, like, type thing. Anyway, gone on a turn now, mate. Ten on the absolute spin. Totally earned the rights. However, before we get to the fight, let's talk about the legitimacy of the belts. Come on. The featherweight champion, mate, he's he's changing nappies. That's what he's doing, isn't he? The featherweight champion (laughs) ain't fighting in this at the weekend, is he?
1: That's harsh.
0: Come on, is he? Come on! Nick, let's lay it down. The featherweight champion is doing midnight feeds. That's what he's doing.
1: I think I think if anyone's been inactive with the belt for that period of time, then they can no longer call themselves the champion. Not having you know, it. He hasn't fought a featherweight in forever, so you can't call Conor McGregor the featherweight champion anymore. You know, Yes, no one's beaten, but that shouldn't mean that the entire weight division gets completely frozen just because he's not fought in this weight class. December 2015, when he knocked out Aldo in 13 seconds, you know, it's like, it's a fair old time. It's a good 18 months or so that he hasn't, fought, he hasn't even fought a featherweight. Never mind. And he's showing no signs of ever coming back to featherweight. So I'm going to knock that down, man. This is legit. This is be who is the best featherweight on the planet. We're going to find out on Saturday night because Conor McGregor is no longer a featherweight.
0: Mm. Um, Aldo, obviously, just getting his belt back. I don't agree. I don't agree. No, I don't agree. No, don't agree. Mm. Aldo's got his belt back without actually having to do anything for it.
1: No, that's what I mean. So whoever wins on Saturday is the best featherweight on the planet. Now, I'm not saying Aldo is the best featherweight. I'm not saying Max is. I'm saying these two guys are the best guys in the world that weigh... This weight division, that t- tipped the scales at 145 pounds. So whoever wins on Saturday, fingers crossed they both actually fucking make weight on Friday. Yeah. Because we've had a history of that over the last couple of months. Um But whoever wins that on Saturday is, for me, the legitimate number one featherweight in mixed martial arts.
0: All right, then, cool. Let's see how this is going to play out then, my friend. Aldo, Yeah. Um, his striking capabilities are, let's be honest, second to none. He's absolutely sensational. He is what I would class as the traditional hit-and-don't-get-hit type fighter, apart from when he fights uh, Conor McGregor and it goes in 13 seconds. But that's been his game. He doesn't get hit quite a lot, does he? Even though he's got a, no. a nasty scar on his blooming cheeks,
1: he doesn't get
0: hit, does he?
1: No. Um,
0: and he's fantastic at striking.
1: That was actually a barbecue, that bit, that face. Really? He burnt his face on a barbecue. Yeah, he was playing with his sisters when he was a kid and he, was, he rolled into a barbecue burns his face yeah
0: when in Brazil when in Brazil Uh,
1: so with that in mind I mean I love striking I absolutely love it
0: stand in the middle of the octagon and let's have a bit of a ding-dong Aldo probably swears it on that side of stuff for me but because hang on a minute hang on let me finish mate calm down but because of Holloway's work rate with his striking he obviously throws a lot more in my opinion than Aldo and he I think he might just wear Aldo down I think he might just be a little bit too much I think he's going to be the proverbial shit that won't flush um yeah. on uh, on Saturday night in uh, in Brazil I'm going to tip Holloway to win this but when it comes to just individual strike if they were just to sit stand there and just have a a, a face off throwing throwing bombs I think Aldo might come out on top of that.
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, again, it's kind of like another little generations fight. Now, if you look at both their records, you know, both of them have only got two submissions in their entire career. So that tells you one thing this ain't going to the ground. This ain't going to be a, a, a Jiu Jitsu match, even though it is in Brazil. This is going to be a striking battle, a striking masterclass. Now, the thing with Aldo is he's fought, he's, he's used his skills so well against guys that are all, big. Bigger than him, but also smaller than him as well. Now, I think Max is probably a little bit bigger than him. I think Max obviously brings you on his size, like five or six years younger than a Jose, everything else. But don't forget where this is, it's in Brazil. Mm. Jose Aldo will be, you know, he will be cheered in like the champion and everything else. So it, it, I keep flip flopping with this fight because I can actually see it playing out both ways. For me, Holloway just seems so supremely confident. Mm. He seems like the cat, you know. He seems like he knows something that we don't. Similar to uh, in the boxing, Errol Spence at the weekend, when I when I said to yourself, when Errol Spence was walking to the ring and all through the build, I was like, the kid, he's got that air about him, like he knows something we don't. He looks so cool and relaxed, and Holloway looks like that at the moment. It's like he knows this is his time, and when you've got that kind of confidence behind you, it can be really tough to beat. You know, since he lost to Conor McGregor. Max Holloway has won ten straight in the UFC, one of the longest winning streaks in UFC history be- without winning a title. Mm. Obviously, his last fight against Anthony Pettis, he finally fights for the interim title, um, and he and he stops Pettis, stops Pettis with body kicks, which was Pettis's forte. Don't forget, there wasn't a wasn't too long ago that Anthony Pettis was stopping everybody with his kicks and looked amazing, and no one could live with him. Yeah, Holloway's beaten him in his own game. You know, seven of his last of those ten wins have all been by stoppage. Um, two of those incidentally were, were submissions, but Holloway right now is just his confidence is absolutely through the roof, and I think if he can crack Aldo on the chin, Aldo will start getting flashbacks of what happened against Conor McGregor. I think that stoppage against Conor McGregor they that runs deep, but you that, know, it takes yeah, a exactly long time that. But to are saying and stuff like that. But it's
0: cracking him in it. I mean, he's the he's, yeah, g- yeah, he's the geezer that, part, of course. He's the geezer that doesn't get hit.
1: Yeah, I think with Conor McGregor, obviously. Connor's a different animal to everybody because Connor it sucks you into Connor's yeah, yeah. world and Aldo was so fired up, he was so vexed, he'd been around the world with this guy pinching his belt and winding him up that he was so pumped up for that fight, he literally run at Conor McGregor and run straight into that punch, straight into that cross and he ain't going to do that against Max Holloway, he ain't ever going to make that mistake again. But the point I'm trying to make is Max Holloway just feels like the guy who has got the momentum with him. I know that Aldo grinded out another one sided points victory over Frankie Edgar in his last fight to bounce back from the McGregor loss, but that's one fight in 18 months that he's had. Max Holloway has been one of the busiest guys on the roster. And it just feels like now is the time for it to turn over, you know, to have a new kind of fresh blood in this featherweight division. Although listen, Aldo will go down in history. Right now, Aldo goes down in history as the greatest featherweight in mixed martial arts. Yeah, you can't argue with that. For what he's already done. Yeah. His WEC days, his his, his UFC days. so Conor McGregor, he was only only Conor that's exposed him. Yeah. There's only Conor that's beaten him. So he completely and utterly defines his legacy again or redefines, you know, kind of stamps. The rubber stamp on his legacy by defeating Max Holloway because that takes him into a new era, a new reign then. Max Holloway's the next generation. He beat Frankie Edgar before, so it was no big surprise that he beat Frankie Edgar again, as great as Frankie is, and amazing as he looked against Thomas Almeida most recently. But Holloway's different. Holloway's new. He's fresh. He's never fought Aldo before. He'll have no respect for Aldo. He will take the fight to him. I think Saturday could be an absolute barnstormer. I think this could potentially be a fight of the year contender. I absolutely
0: agree with you. Absolutely agree. It's one of the, It's kind of gone under the radar a little bit because maybe the card hasn't lit everybody in the UK up as much as the previous cards. Yeah, but well, the rest bit, of the cards tough. You, oh, know, it's when you a look good, down, listen, down the rest of the some card, good it, There's some good ones. It, it's we'll get good. That
1: some tasty Brazilians on there, but there's no one that you go like, wow, I've got to see that fight.
0: Yeah, but this particular fight, like you said, because everything's gone under the red, I think this might be the one that surprises everybody. I say surprises everybody. If you're into the UFC, you know full well that this is legit, it's absolutely top class. I personally think, because we're doing Nick's picks, we always do Nick's picks when it comes to uh, um, the uh, pay-per-view events, my friend, so I will get yours in a minute, but this is my take on it. I think Holloway will outwork him. I don't think there's going to be a knockout in this, because I I just think Aldo. He's too good at not getting hit cleanly, um, so I'm going to go Holloway via unanimous decision, and he's the new featherweight champion. Nice. Go on. Okay.
1: Um, I'm going to find it hard to come away from that. Um, I'm going to go for. I'm going to. Well, did you say unanimous decision. I'm yeah. going to go for Holloway by stoppage late. Ooh, I'm going to go for a late stoppage for yeah. Mighty Max. Yeah, I fancy I hope- Mighty Max to be uh, to be the new champ come Sunday.
0: I hope there is a stoppage in it because that would obviously then give us something to talk about next week, my friend, when we uh, obviously get all excited about stoppages and therefore we can then sell it back to our lovely people that listen to the show on a weekly basis to say, see, told you, get involved with the UFC, man. We've had some stinkers. We had a cracker at 2.11. It's getting better and better and better. And 2.13 and 2.14 and 2.15 are going to be even better than that. So hopefully there is a knockout in the main event in Rio. The core main uh, is uh, between the ladies. That Let's be honest. Let's be honest. This is like... It's kind of a title fight within itself because nobody's going to beat Johanna, you right?
1: <laughs> No one's going to beat my girl.
0: Nobody's going to beat Johanna. So let, let's let just let everybody else have a fight between themselves and who's the best of the rest can have a, have a belt. As, as, yeah. And, as and the that's best what this enough. is.
1: They're, they're, yeah. these, these girls are right up there.
0: Now, both of these girls have been in with Johanna before. Johanna's put manners on them. Uh, and you would guess that this is a, another eliminator to take on Johanna once again. It is, yeah. of course, uh, Karolina Kovalevich who she fought, not last time, previ- uh, last time previous. Uh, this yeah. is Johanna, by the way, and she's been in with Claudia uh twice. before, uh, twice before as well. Now, do you know something? I've got a little bit of a thing for Claudia is I'm Not it, surprised she's a fox. She is, and it's it's like do you know like that? Um, like she got half of her head shaved, half of her head locked. She's got this like Latino badass. I don't know whether she wants to fight me or fuck me type thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she's got some serious badass shit going down there. And yeah. um, I'm, I kind of I'm drawn to her. Now, in this particular fight, we both, we know the, the these styles kind of clash quite nicely. We got a girl that loves to keep stuff at range, brilliant at kicking, and keeps people at distance. In Carolina, then you've got mm-hmm. Claudia who, who just smothers the shit out of anything that is in front of her, beats yeah. the living daylights out of it. She's dirty. I because it's in Brazil and because I've got I'm biased and I fancy Claudia. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going weird to smother the living daylights out of Carolina and get a unanimous decision in this fight as well.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like what you're saying. You get the Brazilian crowd pumping. Oh, they'll be pumped, mate. They'll be pumped. Yeah. I've just. I got, think this is this is such a close fight for me. Both these girls have only ever lost to Joanna. Uh, it's a brilliant bit of matchmaking. It's a brilliant co-main event. Um, if you're going to go with Claudia, I'm going to go with Carolina. Then. You don't have to do that. Carolina. Don't do that. No, don't don't a, let uh, me swear you. Yeah? No, no. To be honest, I could get a coin out now and go either way. Mm. Um, but you know, I just think that one of these girls is going to stamp their authority on the fight at some stage. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be you know, it could get messy, could get ugly. That's what Claudia will want. Uh, but I think Carolina's striking game will probably see her through. So go on, I'll go with Carolina. You go with Claudia. Because it's a close one, man. It's such a close fight,
0: Mm. that. The other big news for this particular card is, obviously, it's the last ride out for Vita Belfour. Yeah. A man that uh, has been in the UFC since he was 19 years of age. He's been rocking and rolling for such a long period of time. And, obviously, during the days of testosterone replacement treatment, he was very, very good. Uh, And when um, they caught fire and uh, basically stopped that from uh, uh, being part of uh, legitimate competition. Vitor, as you can see, with his frame now, is a little bit smaller than he used to be, uh, yeah. and therefore has been finding it difficult against the new blood of, uh, of middleweights. He's taking on though I think he's a who's similar age. I think he's he's thirty eight in innate Marquardt. Yeah,
1: both both absolute vets of the game. Yeah, these it's, two,
0: therefore yeah. it's a grandad competition this weekend. However, it's a lovely bit of matchmaking for uh, Vitor's last ride out in uh obviously in Brazil where he's from. Well, and I'm not gonna slag Vitor off too much because he was very nice to us when he came to Manchester and did a few interviews for us whilst we whilst we were over here. And yep. if you want to see us with Vitor Belfort he's on our little video screen on our on our website, go to it, fightdisciples.com. Um kinda nice because they've thrown him in the, they've thrown him in with some killers recently. And yep. with with this being the final one of his UFC contracts, um it's kinda nice that he's evenly matched and there's a legitimate chance that he could actually go out on a win.
1: Well, yeah. He, well, you know, you say he, he's been matched tough, but you know, he's 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 a guy that's ranked in the top ten, top fifteen at the middleweight division. So he's been fighting guys in the top ten, top fifteen of the middleweight division. So he's kind of been looked after, Vita Belfort, in that regards because his name is such a he's such a big name in the sport. If you look at his last ten fights, for instance, you know, yeah, let's have a little run through. So we saw him last, in this,
0: Manchester against Gegard, didn't we? And Gegard batted him.
1: He did, yeah. So his last 10 fights, this is this is his last 10. Rumble, yeah. John Jones, Bisping, <laughs> Rockhold, Dan Henderson, Chris <laughs> Weidman, Dan Henderson, Jacare, Musasi, and his last fight, Kevin Kelvin Gastelum. This fucking absolute murderer's row of that middleweight division. Mm. So, uh, well, light heavyweight and then middleweight division. How so many of them has he won? He has won out of all those. He's won four. <sighs> he's won four, yeah but he's you know let's let's not forget he's he beat twice either side of a loss to Chris beat uh, beat Dan Henderson twice either side of a loss to Chris Wideman. Mm. but his last three lost to Jacare yeah. got knocked out got knocked out by Musassi, as we know in Manchester and then he got uh, he got beat by Kelvin Gastelum. he got knocked out by Gastelum. but that fight has actually been made in no contest because Gastelum was uh, taken hits from the bong prior to the fight (laughs) for the drug test so but but, to be honest so basically what we're saying is Vita Belfort the last time he beat someone obviously let's take away let's ignore the fact that he was on TRT but the last time he beat someone under the age of 40 was Luke Rockall back in 2013 he beat Dan Henderson twice yeah but Dan Henderson's 75 now so Vita Belfort has not beat anybody really of Legit, anyone legitimate since he's been relatively clean since he's been you know at this stage in his career listen when this fight I got a text message at the start of this week from a mate of mine called Davy Kirkland that we used to work with based up in Newcastle big shout out to the boy Kirkland massive fan of the show but he loves betting on UFC. That's his thing. Like whenever I worked with him for like six years. And he's one of those guys, he'd say, fuck all on the Friday. But the big UFC event had happened on the Saturday. And he'd come in Monday and go, look at that. Look at that accumulator, son. And he'd have like the ten, all 10 fights, he'd have them all right. And he'd have, he'd have picked up a couple of hundred quid. And you're like, fucking hell, any chance of a bit of advice? Anyway, this week on Monday, he sends me a text message. Nate Marquardt, underdog, against Vita Belfort. Ding, 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 cash, 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 free money, brother free money so I'm going to go with Davey Kirkland on this one Davey's tell me that Nate Marquard is going to slay Vita Belfort in his final performance there's a money to be made because Marquard is a betting underdog so I'm going to go with my boy Davey Kirkland and say Nate Marquard to finish Vita Belfort and to and piss all over his final parade I'm not
0: having it I'm not having it because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a romantic and I want him to go out on a high <laughs> and I want him to leave the gloves in the middle of the octagon and just wave at everybody uh, so I'm going Vita Belfort uh, Gloves t- or
1: TRT needle?
0: T- both Stick them all in there. <laughs> so No, horse meat. Go with horse yeah. meat. Just put some horse <laughs> meat in there. Uh, Vita Belfort, TKO, round two. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, right? There you okay. go. There you go. Now, before we clear off, is there anything else that is catching your eye on the uh, Brazilian card that we've not mentioned? I've just only mentioned the, the four fights. Uh, well, the three fights that have caught my eye. I suppose there is a fourth one with the debut of Marlon Ma- Marez. Is, uh, is that where you're at or is there anything else that is uh, catching your fire?
1: Uh, yeah, Mala Marias Obviously, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him in the UFC. But that, the next guy down on the main card, this uh, uh the Brazilian. Uh, we've only seen him in the UFC once before. He's fighting uh, Bangbozi from America. Bangbozi, if you remember, was supposed to fight Tom Brees in London. But Tom Brees uh, pulled out of the fight. Uh, it was his, it was supposed to be his middleweight debut. Pummed out of the fight because he had some issues and everything else. So we didn't get to see Bangbozi in London. But he's got a bit of a reputation as a banger. However, he goes to Brazil, fight this Paulo Boracinha. Boracinha is an absolute killer. The guy's only had nine fights, but he's had nine straight knockouts, eight KOs and one submission. What we're hearing out of Brazil is the guy has got incredibly heavy hands. And the thing with Bangbose is he likes to bang as well. So for me, that's gonna be that fight there, that's gonna be your knockout of the night because one of those guys, and I think it'll be Boricini, one of those guys is going to land clean and is going to put the other guy to sleep.
0: That's the one. There you go. But you did mention there Marlon Maria's, he's taking on Ralph Hassan yep. who, who's a fighter that I'm a massive fan of and that could be one of the fights of the night that
1: it should, yeah, you know, and I'm super excited about seeing Mariah's finally in the UFC because training partner of Frankie Edgar, training partner, uh, based out of of New Jersey, obviously, mm. uh, trains with Edson Barbosa as well. That from that camp, uh, he's been the U- world series of fighting bantamweight champion forever, I think. I think he's been probably the only world series of fighting champion. He's uh, had incredible run in that promotion, finished everybody, submissions, knockouts, you name it. His him moving into the UFC is massive in terms of this bantamweight division because he could genuinely be a legit contender and it's great that they've put him in with Rafael Asensiao because Asensiao is ranked at number four, number five in the world right now anyway so I think Mariah's wins this throws himself right in position for the big fight against the likes of a Dominic Cruz to come back to or potentially even if TJ goes down and, and mixes it there he could potentially walk into a title shot against uh, Cody Garbrand. so yeah definitely look out for Marlon Marias. UFC debut but the guy is absolutely got it all this is the fight disciples podcast subscribe now via the itunes store one final thing go on this is one for the for the listeners to go and look for lovely bit of news this week lovely bit of news that mia kang the uh, the <gasps> mai tai fighter she's not slash, hang on a
0: minute she's not a mai tai fighter she's a model
1: Well, she's a supermodel. She's a New York supermodel.
0: She uses Mai Mai Tai to get fit. She is a supermodel.
1: She has now come out and she was on uh, MMA fighting this week on the MMA Hour and she did an interview there and she was saying, I'm going out to Thailand. I'm going to get serious. I want to make my mixed martial arts debut. I want to fight in the UFC one day. (sighs) Stop it. She is a smoker. Absolute smoker. And to be fair, the UFC have got some babes in there already. There's some hot, hot fighters in the UFC right now. And look we've at, talked about at, it previously. Look at
0: the testosterone now that is flowing out of these speakers. This exactly, is ridiculous. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about the combat arts, <laughs> not the aesthetic the, pleasures.
1: When the karate hottie got on the scales facing Paige Van Zant, we were like, that's the best looking fight in the history of mixed martial arts. Mia Kang when
0: she gets on the Mia
1: Kang comes in, man, shit's gonna change. But yeah, if you don't know who she is, Google her. Uh, and yes, we would like to see her in the UFC, please. Mm.
0: Now, um, I was going to say thank you for listening to the show, but you've probably already gone now. You're probably already on a website looking for Mia Kang. Um, so thank you for listening, if you're still with us. Much appreciated. We will be back next week. Uh, send us um, some tweets regarding your thoughts on Mia Kang. That would be lovely. Try and keep them as clean as possible. Um, we're back next Thursday with all the fallout for UFC 212. Make sure you come and join us. We're on Fight Disciples. Dot .com and we are also at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.